0: Infotrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
1: It's a startling statistic. Over a third of college students surveyed say they don't get enough food to eat, and many others lack a secure place to live. Here with the details, Infotrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Sarah Goldrick-Rabb is a professor of higher education policy at Temple University, and she is the lead author of a report that examined hunger among, surprisingly enough, college students. So, Professor Rabb, first, how do you define hunger among college students?
0: You know, some people go without eating for very long periods of time and don't actually feel hungry. So I want you to know that when we measure this issue, what we're measuring is their ability to have regular access To safe food to eat. And when I say safe, I mean, if you're dumpster diving, as you can imagine, it's not always safe. So we ask a series of 10 questions approved by the U.S. Department of Agriculture to figure out if students are okay with regard to their access to food. And we find that about a third of university students and more than half of community college students surveyed are not okay.
1: So what are the most common causes of this? I'm assuming that the skyrocketing cost of tuition certainly has to have some impact.
0: It does have some impact. I mean, part of this story is, yes, about the rising price of higher education, both in terms of tuition, but also in terms of fees, books and supplies, the cost of housing, which is very expensive on and near college campuses, the cost of transportation, the cost of food and all those things. But there are also a couple of other things that I want to highlight that have changed over time. One of those things is that it used to be the case for most college students, they could depend on their families for help. And so if the financial aid wasn't enough, the families would help fill in the gaps. These days, most students in college cannot count on support from their families because so many people are not doing well. You know, they're not getting ahead, they're not making more money. Work is very hard for part-time workers right now and it doesn't pay well. And that includes college students. So while working your way through college is something actually that almost all college students do today, even working very long hours doesn't give them enough money to actually pay those bills for their food and their housing. In the past, some people went on food stamps and it was easy. Today, it's very hard. You have to work 20 hours a week or more if you don't have a child. And college does not count as work.
1: I understand your study also identified a lack of stable housing
0: for college students. Yes, we did. And this can mean something like they cannot pay their rent on time. They're at risk of eviction for non-payment. They're having utilities cut off, things like heat or water. They're in an overcrowded situation where they have multiple adults and children living in a two-bedroom apartment without a bed for people to sleep in. Sometimes it means homelessness. They either live outside on the street, Or they live in a shelter, a car, an abandoned building. They sleep in the college's library. And these are folks without a regular place to lay their head at night.
1: So in the course of the last 10 years of studying this, do you find that the problem is getting worse?
0: Yeah, I mean, the hard part is that while this problem might be getting worse, we don't know what it used to look like because there have not been surveys done on this in the past. People have not asked these questions before. I don't know whether it's because they didn't know it was a problem they didn't care or whether these are new issues, and we're measuring them now for the first time. So that's the challenge in trying to figure out what the trend is.
1: Our guest on InfoTrack is Sarah goldrick Rab, professor of higher education policy at Temple University, and we're discussing her recent report that examined hunger among college students. Talk for a moment about the effect that this has on academic performance or other downsides when students are hungry.
0: As you can imagine, it is often very hard for students to perform well in school when they're going through things like this. We see that they do have lower grades. A disproportionate number of students who have D's and F's in college are actually struggling with these challenges. But it's also the case that they're putting in the time and effort. So we see that students who are going through you know, not having a place to sleep, they are spending as much time in the classroom and as much time studying as people who do have those resources. But they're also spending more time working, more time commuting, more time taking care of family members, and unfortunately, then, correspondingly, less time sleeping. And it's hard to do well on college classes or on college tests when you're not sleeping.
1: Was there anything in your study that particularly surprised you?
0: I think the thing that surprised me most was how much time they were actually putting in on schooling. I thought that these issues would compete with their time for that and make it so that they really weren't in class very much. Another thing, though, that was really notable was the kinds of people who were disproportionately likely to be dealing with this. Some of these people, for example, used to be in foster care. Some of them are veterans. Many of them have children. And we also see an overrepresentation of the kinds of students who are estranged from their families. And that's part of the saddest story, is that the financial aid formula, it really doesn't care whether or not you're getting along with your parents. It still takes their income into account. And so in some cases, we have people who are thrown out of their homes, but they can't establish that for financial aid purposes, so they can't actually get financial aid. And they end up going through these challenges. Hmm. So what do you see
1: as the solution? I'm sure there are multiple ones that need to be applied.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are several things that colleges can do, that policymakers can do. None of those things are going to happen until people's perceptions on this issue shift until they take it seriously and they think it's worth doing something about. But when they do decide to do something about it, they can do a lot of things. Colleges, for example, are forming new partnerships, partnerships with housing authorities, partnerships with food banks. Houston Community College is working with their local food bank to provide food scholarships, which offer students groceries while they're going through school. That means they don't wait till a student becomes food insecure before they actually try to help them because they don't want them to go through that. Policymakers need to take a hard look at this and think about the different ways they can be more supportive of students living expenses. It's not that we're saying these are children rather than adults and so we have to pander to them for example. It's just to say it's very inefficient for people going through college to drop out with debt and no degree. And if they're doing that because they can't get enough housing support, well then maybe it works to actually give them the housing, take care of those issues. And let them complete the degree, become a productive member of society, and pay their taxes. We will never have to support them again.
1: Is there anything you would say to parents who are sending their kids off to college? Because once they're out of the house and on campus, it's a little difficult for parents to really even know what exactly is happening.
0: Yes, it is. I mean, I think the most important thing you can do is not pretend like this is an issue for students only during the first year of college. You need to engage in planning with your kids that involves planning over the multiple years they will be in school. What will they do when their scholarships go away because they were only for first-year students? What will they do when they move from on-campus to off-campus and they have utilities to pay for on top of rent? What will they do when the meal plan does not include enough meals for them to actually make it every day? We need to be sure that we don't tell fairy tales to our kids about how financial aid and scholarships will cover everything, and instead we get them ready. The most important thing is they have to know they should ask for help when they need it. No student should be afraid of going to their college to say, I'm in trouble and I really need your support or I'm going to have to drop out. If they come forward and ask for help, their chances of getting the help they need are much, much higher.
1: Sarah goldrick Rab, professor of higher education policy at Temple University. Thank you very much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to
0: InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.